some big news at left tackle, and I take your mailbag questions on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And thank you for making this show your first listen and now possibly your first watch every day, our second day on YouTube. This podcast is now available on all platforms and is free. Yesterday we did launch on YouTube, so if you're watching today, great to see you. And please click the thumbs up and subscribe buttons. Helps us out quite a bit. And I have to say, I was going through the YouTube comments section yesterday, and apparently my appearance has surprised a lot of you. You all had this vision of me in your heads, and what you see right now is a surprise. So it was an enlightening day yesterday, I am sure. Now, on Wednesdays, we have our weekly mailbag show, and I'm going to get to the mailbag questions in a little bit. But there's some pretty major Jets news that broke yesterday. Now, you may be aware Robert Sala and the Jets coaching staff are in Mobile. They're coaching one of the two teams at the Senior Bowl this week. But the news Robert Salamade actually had nothing to do with prospects. He talked about the left tackle position. And like many of you, I figured Makai Becton was penciled in as the left tackle. He was the left tackle in 2020, did a pretty solid job, I thought, all things considered. Got hurt the first game this year. George Fant moved over from right tackle. George Fant acquitted himself well. George Fant's a solid player, but I figured Becton, who was a first-round pick in 2020, would slide right back into the left tackle position. We'd probably see Fant move over to right tackle. But Salah suggested that might not be the case. He said that, he, as I've told George Fant, he has a chance to maintain that left tackle position. It's the same thing for Makai Becton. He has to come in and reassert himself into the starting lineup. And beyond that, Salah made a comment on Becton I think Makai has the skill set to do whatever he wants. He just has to put his mind to it, which, as far as a coach like Salah goes, is about as strong of a statement as you can make. And it seems like the Jets, as much as anything, are kind of trying to send a message to Becton after he only played in one game this season. You know, after he first got hurt, there was talk he'd miss about half the season, and he never got back on the field. Now, I don't know what that means. You don't know what that means. I don't want to speculate, but... I think Sal is sending a statement here by telling Becton, you got to earn your job. And I have to say, I really like this. One of the things that always frustrates me is when playing time, when a job is determined purely by draft position. So I love it that Becton's being forced to compete for his job. I think that competition across the roster is a very good thing. Now, I understand it why when it happens. When a player is given a job because of where he was drafted, listen, it happens on the Jets, it happens at other spots, happens across the league. If you're a general manager and you invest an early pick on a player and he's not a starting player and he's benched for somebody else, you're going to get questioned on it. You're going to get criticized. So, of course, draft position does come into play, and we're going to be realistic about that. But I like for it to come into play as little as possible, and I love it when somebody's forced to compete for his job. And this is kind of a concept that I think about a lot in the NFL. Now, listen, George Fant's not a bad player. 
did a very serviceable job for the Jets in 2021 that the left tackle position really ended up being a very important player for this team. But he, we know he's not that good. And if Mekhi Becton, who is physically much better than Fant, physically has much more upside, you know, Fant has some shaky moments of pass protection. Fant's not a great run blocker. If Becton can't beat him out with Becton's physical tools, Mekhi Becton doesn't deserve the job. And listen, I've been somebody who's been very high on Mekhi Becton. I still have great hopes for him but he's got to be able to beat out George Fant. And when people criticize a move like this, I almost say, well, what are you so afraid of? Are you afraid of Mekhi Becton can't beat out George Fant? And if that's the case, then maybe Mekhi Becton's not as good as we thought. Now, I, I have hopes for Mekhi Becton. I think he can be as good as we thought. There's another aspect to this. In some ways, at this point, a competition might be a little academic between Becton and Fant because as things currently stand, both would be penciled in to be starters on the offensive line at the tackle position because the loser of this would be a camp battle would probably slide over to right tackle. Now, if the Jets re-sign Morgan Moses or they're able to get another starting caliber tackle in free agency or the draft, this changes. And the stakes of this competition become much, much higher. But I think that this is a good thing for the Jets. I like the idea of competition. I like the idea they're being tough on these guys, that they're making them go out and earn it. And listen, I don't think there's any question that there's a lot riding on this for Joe Douglas. His 2020 draft class is not looking great right now. And I think the arrow is clearly pointing down for Becton after what was really a lost season. And I think in many ways, 2022 is going to be a make or break year for Makai Becton. And it's going to begin in training camp. And clearly Robert Sala, again, sending a message right now that they're not just giving this spot to him. And maybe this will light a fire under Mekhi Becton because, listen, Mekhi Becton's got as much ability as any tackle in this league, but it's not solely about ability. You know, there's, of course, the parallels to Denzel Mims, another guy who's very talented. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there who doubts Denzel Mims' talent, but for whatever reason, it simply did not click this past season for the Jets. Whatever it was, it was not a good relationship with the coaching staff. And, you know, Denzel Mims could be on his way out. I think that we're, we've reached a very important point for Mekhi Becton. And again, I have hopes for him. He's as physically talented as any tackle in football. But you also have to look at the situation. The Jets drafted him in 2020. They passed on a tackle in Tristan Wirfs, who just made the all-pro team. A guy who, by many analyses, was viewed as a safer pick. Maybe not a pick with as much upside as Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton was kind of the swing for the fences, but... Worfs was a guy that people were pretty confident was going to be a very good tackle in this league and has been a very good tackle. So that's worth watching. I got to say, I did not think we'd be here on Wednesday and most of the talk would be about Robert Sala's comments on a current player on the team. I figured he'd be talking about the draft, some of the prospects he's been coaching this week and the Jets coaching staff has been working with. I guess Sala is not technically a coach. Sal is kind of there in an advisory role because the NFL in the senior bowl kind of changed their roles. But I figured we'd be talking about prospects. And I think next week we'll probably try and focus on the senior bowl prospects a little bit, get an analysis after everything is finished. We'll try and work on something like that. But ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll get to our weekly mailbag questions. I got a lot of great listener questions, and I'll try and get to as many of them as I can. Now, I'm not sure what the odds are on Makai Becton or George Fant winning the starting left tackle job for the Jets in 2022, but you should know that Bet Online has you covered with more props and odds than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. 
BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Let's move into our weekly mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. I'll get to as many of them as I can. First question is about trades. Who is the one player in the NFL you would trade for this offseason at what cost and why? And who is the one player on the New York Jets you would trade away? And what would you look to receive in return? Well, I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be a a trade that this guy will change teams, but it could be. And that guy would be Devontae Adams at the risk of giving you the obvious player. Because to me, Devontae Adams is a franchise-changing type player. I think if the Jets somehow were able to get him, it's going to be tough. Listen, I'm not particularly optimistic that the Jets will be able to get Devontae Adams, but players like this don't hit free agency every year. I say it frequently. Free agency is not a great way to build your team in the NFL. Now, you can make good moves. You can improve your roster, but the franchise-changing talent's usually not there. Usually, the truly elite players don't hit free agency. It's possible Devontae Adams will this year. Now, it's also possible that the Packers franchise him, in which case you would have to acquire him in the trade. But if the Packers offered Devontae Adams to me for, say, the 10th overall pick, I'd take that deal. And I'd be willing to give Devontae Adams a deal that rivals the contract DeAndre Hopkins got from Arizona. That's an awful lot. I know some people may disagree with throwing that much money at one player. But, you know, you look at free agency, when you look at the way things have gone the last couple of years for the Jets, I mean, they've kind of spread their money around. And in some ways it's worked. I mean, there have been some signs that have been pretty good. Connor McGovern's worked out. George Fant was pretty good last year. But there's nobody who really changes the game. Devontae Adams would completely change the face of this offense. He'd be so important. He'd, be, he'd help Zach Wilson out so much. But not only that, if Elijah Moore develops a little bit, suddenly Corey Davis becomes like the best number three receiver in football. I mean, you're going to get Corey Davis against number three corners. It's going to change the face of the passing game. I mean, this is just such an important player. And again, guys like this don't come available every day. So even though I know it would be costly and it's kind of tricky because in the off season, you really have two mechanisms to improve your team. You have draft picks and you have salary cap space. And this would be giving up a lot of both. You'd be giving up a first round pick and you'd be giving up a ton of cap space to sign him. But I just think it's worth it. I think the Jets need to get premium talent in here. The Jets need to get guys who force the other team to account for them, who force the other team to adjust to them. And Devontae Adams seems like the guy. So I guess it's the obvious pick, but Devontae Adams would be my selection there. And then who would I trade? I mean, listen, Denzel Mims, it clearly has not worked out. I think it's obvious that he's on the way out. And perhaps this is a guy who just needs a change of scenery. I don't know what's going to work out for Denzel Mims, but I do think Denzel Mims has talent. I don't think there's any question that he's got ability. And I don't know whether it's his fault. I don't know whether it's the coaching staff's fault, but it's clear that it just did not work between the two sides this year. He just did not fit what they wanted. And near the end of the year, as much as anything, I thought Denzel Mims kind of lost confidence. And maybe that's making an excuse or something like that, but I don't know that it really is. I mean, I don't think the fact that he lost confidence, that he lost the ability to perform. He lost the ability to not commit penalties pre-snap. I don't know that's really an excuse for Denzel Mims. At this point, I think you just cut your losses. You take whatever you can get for him. If you can get a late-round pick, uh, I'd do that. It might be the type of deal where you trade another disappointing young player for Denzel Mims, and you get, you know, maybe you get a reclamation project in the 
same concept. Uh, but I, I think Denzel Mims is the guy I would trade if I were the Jets. And it doesn't really matter what you get in return. If you can get anything in return, I think you do it. And I think, look, I think the Jets made a mistake. I said this around midseason near the trade deadline. There was talk that the Jets had offers for Mims. And I thought they should have taken the deal because it was obvious he did, was not going to play a big role on this team going forward. And we got to a point this year where the Jets had no receivers left. Everybody was hurt, and Denzel Mims still could not get on the field. I mean, there are guys I had never even heard of. I have a daily Jets podcast, and I had never heard of some of the guys that were putting on the field on Sundays. And Denzel Mims still was not in the lineup. So I, I think he's the guy, clearly, who needs to be traded. Our next question, what are your thoughts on trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? He knows the system and could provide good insurance and backup for Zach Wilson. Well, my thoughts are that I just don't think it's going to happen. It sounds like San Francisco is going to work with Garoppolo to find a trade partner. And listen, there are going to be lots of teams that are going to be able to offer Jimmy Garoppolo a starting job this coming season. There are plenty of quarterback needy teams out there, so I don't think he's going to want to come. And it sounds like the 49ers are really going to work to make sure he gets in the right spot. It seems like there's a respect there. So I don't think they're going to trade him to a team where he'd be a backup quarterback. Should the Jets look to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? I think it would be a difficult fit because he comes with a cap hit, probably $24, $25 million. And if you get that, you kind of lose the advantage of having the quarterback on the rookie deal. That's a big advantage for the Jets right now, the fact they're not paying Zach Wilson all that much money. If you add another $24, $25 million to what the Jets are paying at the quarterback position, suddenly the Jets are paying you know the mid-30s as far as what they're giving to quarterbacks. And that's like, that's like paying a veteran quarterback. So you lose some of the flexibility. You have to build the roster around the young quarterback. And beyond that, it kind of sounds like if I was read this tweet from Ian Rappaport that suggested you're probably talking a conditional two that could turn into a one. That's a lot for a backup court. Listen, I am the president of the teams do not allocate enough resources to the backup quarterback club. But you have to find the balance. And to me, I think that's probably taking things to the other extreme. Now, ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll continue with our weekly mailbag, our first mailbag since the podcast became available on YouTube. We'll finish up the show with more questions. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, I hope you're enjoying the show. And there's no better way to enjoy yourself than watching Lockdown Jets and opening, opening up a great built bar. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. I know many of you made New Year's resolutions. Now we're in February. You may be thinking, it's just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Just compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many delicious flavors to choose from. You got coconut almond, you got peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your order at Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday mailbag show. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Our next question, are there any teams that have had head coaching changes this offseason and are likely to have players the Jets should target because they no longer fit the new system? Are there any specific players you have in mind? Well, I could come up with a couple. 
Now, in New Orleans, there's a change, and we don't know exactly who the Saints coach is going to be yet. They haven't hired anybody new, so it's not really a schematic thing. But I think Sean Payton leaving is kind of a sign that the Saints are going to hit the reset button. You look at their cap situation, it's tough. I mean, this is the type of year where I think you kind of just say, you know what, we're going to begin anew. We're going to let some guys go. Other than if you don't do that, you're kind of just continuing down a very difficult road. I think this is pretty clearly the year where the Saints are going to begin from square one, which means some guys will go. So the guy I have in mind is Marcus Williams, who I think would be a great fit for the Jets system. He's a safety. I mean, I think he'd be a great fit for almost any system. Very solid all-around player. Should be available. I think he's going to hit the market. So Marcus Williams is a guy who really comes to mind for me. Now, another player, this probably is a better answer to your question. I look at Las Vegas now. Josh McDaniels was just hired as their head coach. Don't know exactly who their defensive coordinator is going to be yet. But if we're going to assume that McDaniels is going to want to install a defense similar to what the Patriots run, that would mean you're playing a lot of man coverage. Casey Hayward, very solid zone corner. I don't think he really fits that type of system. Now, I don't know that he's the number one type of corner the Jets may want, but he fits the Jets system well, I think. So Casey Hayward out of Vegas would be a guy dependent on who McDaniel hires as his defensive coordinator. But to me, that seems like kind of a logical fit if you're looking for guys who may be on their way out. Next question. I believe Tony Romo's unabashed bias permeated his analysis of the Cowboys 49ers playoff game. What would you think of a rule where a TV analyst cannot broadcast a a playoff game involving a team they played for. That is quite a rule. And I guess that would rule Chris Collinsworth out of the Super Bowl because the Bengals are going to be in it. Listen, I think every broadcaster has their favorites and I don't think it's necessarily solely dependent on the team they played for. I mean, listen, we've watched many Patriots playoff games, many Patriots Super Bowls through the years. You've heard the announcers talk about the Patriots in such glowing terms. Lots of announcers have loved them through the years. I think you go back, even some of the great announcers in the history of the game, some of my all-time favorites, kind of rooted for the dominant teams, You know, the teams that were dynasties. They always tend to get a lot of media love. So, I mean, I don't have a big problem with it. i got to be honest, I like Tony Romo. And a couple of years back when Romo took the job, everybody loved him. And I always feel like when somebody gets too big, there's always a bit of a backlash. And I've noticed that with Romo the last couple of years, like I've spoken with family members who used to love Romo who are now telling me, oh, I don't like Romo that much. I'm still a Tony Romo fan. To me, he's still the best analyst in the game, but that's just me. And when you're talking about what your who your favorite announcers are, it's such a personal thing. And it's so based on opinion that there's no really right or wrong answer. It's just really kind of your own personal preferences. But I happen to like Tony Romo. And I don't think that there needs to be a rule that you can't call a game of a team you played for. I I just don't think it's necessary because you see some teams just get a lot of love no matter what. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. If you watched on YouTube, this has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review if you're listening on a podcast platform. And click the thumbs up button if you're checking us out on YouTube. Hope you have a great day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.